0: Hey there, you're listening to Scaled Success, the podcast built for course creators. And in today's episode, we're diving into what it takes to successfully use Facebook ads to scale your course. So we invited Emily Hirsch to share her perspective as the founder of one of the fastest growing digital marketing agencies in our space, Hirsch Marketing. We're talking about the different kinds of ads you need, what to be tracking, and even how the latest iOS updates may be impacting your approach. So if you're wondering how to really leverage Facebook ads to help you scale, then keep listening because we have a lot to share with you. So stay tuned. My name is Caitlin Batcher, founder and CEO of Scale with Success, and I'm on a mission to help course creators all over the world grow their business in a way that is profitable and scalable. Together with my co-host and director of marketing, Carrie Price, we're sharing revealing conversations about what it really takes to scale an online course business to millions of dollars per year. Join us here to discover the tough decisions we've had to make, the biggest failures we've had to bounce back from, and the learnings that emerged every step of the way. We are so grateful that we have the chance to share it all with you right here on Scale of Success, the podcast built for course creators. Let's get started.
1: So to successfully scale your online course business to and through seven figures, it's important that you have a well-defined offer, an effective marketing and sales system, the ability to seamlessly serve your clients, and the right team to make all of that happen. Once you have those systems in place, you can really accelerate your growth with paid marketing strategies to reach more people more quickly which is why we are so excited to have Emily Hirsch as our guest today. She is a leading digital marketing strategist and founder of Hirsch Marketing, one of the fastest growing digital marketing agencies that is responsible for helping their clients generate more than $106 million in client revenue and counting. So before we dive in, Emily, can you share with us a little bit about yourself and why you are so passionate about what you do?
2: Yeah, I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so I started my company, gosh, it's about six years ago um, when I became a mom and I fell into the online world, specifically people with digital products, courses, online services, and I didn't know it existed before then. And it kind of, you know, like a lot of people start out their company tried a bunch of things, and then landed in Facebook ads. And since then, that's been what I do. Facebook ads and marketing and the strategy and the psychology and, and the funnels and all of that that goes into a, a really great marketing strategy. And I've worked to build my team over the last 4 years. I have 27 employees and we have over 50 clients we work with. And I think you know if it boils down to what I'm most passionate about, marketing would be the easy answer. But I think it's more the, the concept of... A successful marketing strategy can work for any business. And I truly believe that that has, you know, a great offer. And a lot of people think that marketing or Facebook ads is like this magic trick. And I might, you know, strike luck one time when I try it or something, or, you know, she has something that I don't. And I really believe it's a process and it can work for everybody if you follow that process. And so that's how I built my own company. That's how we support clients is like, you have a goal. Let's just work backwards and figure out how to get you to that goal. Not like cross our fingers and see if we can do it. You know? So that's what I'm most passionate about is kind of empowering people to combine the right things and the right components of that formula to create the success. And let me just say you
1: do an amazing job of that because your name pops up all the time inside of our client community. Anytime anyone is, you know, asking for a referral, they're ready to work within an ads agency. People are always recommending Hirsch marketing. And so we've just heard so many great things about you.
3: Yeah. We are definitely big believers in course creators using Facebook ads as a component to scaling their course when the time is right. And we know that there's a lot of mixed feelings about using ads, a lot of apprehension, especially with the recent iOS changes and all of the changes that happen in the digital marketing space. But what we also know is that following a clear and proven framework leads to success. And I know you're a firm believer in that too. So, could you share with us the highlights of your process that you use to help your clients scale their revenue with paid traffic? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so
2: we have a five step process, and I love how Caitlin and I are so similar with like our business, the way we teach. It's like it's all about the process. It always <laughs> comes back to that. Whenever someone has a question or is confused or whatever, so we have a five step process. The first step is strategize, and that's your marketing foundation, and Right now, a lot of people are like iOS updates and freaked out about that. And and what do I do? And kind of my biggest response to that, aside from tactical things that you need to do and technical things you need to know from it is that the iOS update is going to shine a light on somebody who doesn't have their foundation in place. And so strategize is what happens before you even run ads. It is the understanding of your ideal customer. It's your messaging. It's the angles you're going to go into your marketing with. How are you going to stand out from everybody else? What is your strategy? Are you creating that strategy so it makes sense for your audience and not just because you saw somebody else do it? Like, What is that foundation that you're going to eventually... Amplify with your ads. And I think you guys actually help people get that in place because I know our clients come over and like that's in place and we help them kind of amplify that. And that's why we love working with your clients because they always have that in place. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people are operating on a really broken foundation. And iOS updates or anything that comes down the pipeline now or a year from now in digital marketing is not going to derail you if you have that foundation and you come back to that foundation, which I'd say the most important part of that is messaging. Like that's what most people are missing is they, they stay very surface level. They try to talk to everybody and, and then they don't stand out right in the, in the industry. Cause it's, just getting more saturated. It's getting harder. And whenever someone says to me, like, do webinars still work or do Facebook ads still work? I'm like, yeah, they still work. You just have to be the best. (laughs) And if you're the best, they will still work. So that's the first step in the process. Um, You guys can jump in at any time or I'll just keep going through the steps. (laughs) Uh, So I have, can you talk a little
1: bit, so a a little bit more about messaging, Emily, because I feel like that's a word that a lot of our listeners hear a lot of times. But sometimes people don't even know what they
2: mean, what it actually means. So how would you define messaging? Yeah. So to me, it starts with your understanding of your ideal customer and not just like what's their age, what's their gender, like the demographic stuff. It's like the emotional component. What are their fears? What are their desires? What are their dreams? And what are they actually saying in their words? that you can then translate over into your marketing. Because also a lot of times people think they know and they're like writing it in their words and their technical language because they eat and breathe their industry. And then there's a disconnect when it comes to actually talking to their ideal customers. So the first is understanding an ideal customer, one single ideal customer that you can speak to. And then once you have that, you can learn just to speak to them, meaning different angles and hooks that you can bring them in. And to me, messaging is about going really deep with your content and, and taking it three levels deep than just the surface. And so I guess an example of that would be like if you're talking about the problem you solve and and you read it and you say, everybody wants to solve that problem. Like you haven't gone deep enough because you're not going to capture anybody. If you're like, let me show you how to save time or let me show you how to make money. Like that's not enough. And so we have to take it to the next level and and figure out what are those unique dreams and frustrations that your ideal customer is experiencing. And one way you can do it is literally interview them, get on the phone with them and talk to them and and write down what they're saying and use that in your marketing. But people just don't take the time to do that. Or they're trying to go after like 4 or 5 different people and they're talking to everybody, which we, we know that that means you're talking to nobody. Yeah, that's a really big shift
1: for people in narrowing down. I know even people... Well, especially newer course creators, you know, who have a framework or a process that they say, you know, well, this can help, this can help so many people, you know, this process for making money or for finding love or whatever it is can really work for anyone. And the reality is that that's, that's great that it can work for anyone. I think like, I, even when I look at my own process, I'm like, this could really work for a lot of people, but we're targeting course creators specifically And so I think that there is a definite shift and kind of a, a leap of faith that needs to happen when you're first getting started.
2: Yeah, absolutely because you're going to be pulled like everybody, you know, especially in the beginning, you want to make the sales. You want to see your business growing. And so when you say no to a, a group of people or to a to an opportunity, it feels like you're shutting out potential. But really, every yes like is also a no somewhere else. And so you don't see that necessarily, but I think like for you for example, you've been able to grow such a successful business and it was a bold move to say this is just for course creators. We're eliminating this, all these other groups of people that we probably could help. We could mold a little bit of our process. We could change this and still help them. But that's one of the key things to your success is getting that specific because then all of your content is cohesive and speaking to that person. Yeah. So let's talk about your second step. What's What's after uh, strategize? Yeah. So the next step is brand awareness and visibility. And so this is where now you have an understanding of your ideal customer and you have your core foundation and your strategy. Now we go to your content that you're creating. And I think a lot of people also skip this. They're like, okay, I'm ready for ads. I don't have to do any content. I don't have to warm up my audience. I'm just going to go start ads to my webinar and it's going to work great. So this is two-part. It is creating the great content that is for your ideal customer that you've defined and actually getting that out there. And then it's also tying a little bit of ad spend to it. So we typically say about 5 to 10% of your monthly budget goes to this content at least, because then you're building those audiences. You're creating those touch points. I see so many people put so much effort into their content. And then like, 50 people see the video or, or actually go consume it. And by doing this, like, I mean, I'm sure you've done these ads. They're very inexpensive ads. They're one of the most inexpensive ads you can run. And that way you can start building that trust with your audience, building those touch points that will ultimately lead to the sale but are just building that following, building those warm audiences of your, your video views, people engaging with your social media, people going to your website. So that's a critical piece and it's really ongoing. So we recommend doing 5 to 10% of your ad budget to your really quality content every single month you're updating new content and you're, and you're running those
3: ads. And I love what you said about that, Emily, that so many people, like they put out this great content and 50 people see it, right? So much right. time and effort goes into creating high value content that you need to get it out there in front of more people. And that's what's going to help you identify those ideal clients, but you've got to cast the net, right? You've got to get it out to a larger audience. And so I think sometimes when people embark on that and, and you can tell me, if, I, if I'm off base here, but I feel like people look at that as wasting money on ads and like they spent money and they didn't get a direct return on it, but it is such an important step in that process. Right. Yeah, I think that it's hard because you don't see the
2: actual like conversion right away. And, you know, one way to measure the success is when you get to retarget those audiences. Like, let's say they're half the cost of your webinar registration or something like that's a way to measure it. But it's one of those things that's like, just like when you post on social media, you can't see the conversion right away. But if you do that for a year and you're consistent with the content you put out, it will pay off. And that's kind of part of, you know, the equation is that consistency, getting new people to view your content and building those audiences, which really become an asset for your business so that anytime you want to do a promotion or let's say there is something with Facebook or a recession or something like if you have those warm audiences, you're going to be okay. But people who don't are going to have a lot harder of a time through those times. And so that's, that's an asset that you should be consistently putting time and resources into.
1: I love that. It really builds in um, stability into your business. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we have so strategize number one, brand awareness and visibility is number two. What's step number three?
2: So step three is then lead generation, which is where most people want to start. But now we get to lead generation specifically for you know course creators. This is where the majority of your ad spend is going to be spent. the The top of your funnel. So that could be a webinar. That could be a challenge, a lead magnet. You could have two, you know, if you do a lead mine and then a webinar, but this is where you're getting those email leads. And so a couple points on that is yes, it is running that just lead generation ads to get as many leads as we can through the funnel. Usually about 80% of your ad budget will go here, depending on how you allocate, like to the warm audiences. Um, but this is where we can use those audiences from the previous step and actually target to your webinar because somebody who's watched a video of yours on Facebook, and then seeing your webinar ad, signed up for your webinar, gone to your webinar is going to one, probably be a cheaper lead, but also be a more quality lead. Because they've already had a touch point with you. They've already consumed your video. They've started to build that trust. And so that's where you can kind of pair the step two and step three with each other to create extra touch points. Because it's pretty rare that someone signs up for a webinar, watches the webinar, buys within like 2 hours of signing up, right? Like it does happen, but it's such a small percentage of people. And so you have to have that more long game mentality. And, and the goal here is to get as many quality leads as you can through that funnel who are... Some are going to be warm audiences, some might be cold and get them you know through to the sales part.
1: One of the things that I really love about you, Emily, and kind of about the way that you see business is... You are so focused on the long game. And that's probably why a lot of your clients experience such success in working with you because it's not about like, yes, there is low hanging fruit out there. Yes, you can get a few sales, but we're not interested in helping you build the business where you get a few sales. We want you, it to be like a snowball where it just keeps building momentum over time. And that takes a bit of patience.
2: Yeah. Exactly, for sure, and I mean, and your leads are also a massive asset to your business too, right? And and that's kind of going into the next step is like, what do you do with those leads that you're building? And so your brand awareness and visibility is building that following, that warm audience, and then your lead generation is building your email list, which also is 100% an asset. And I know that you know this and, and I know this too is like people might buy in a year after being on my list or six months. And like, what is your average time that someone sits on your list before buying? And so if you're in it for that quick win, you won't be in it for very long before you're very disappointed in that because it is, a, it is absolutely a long game. And that's so important. And I'm glad that you're kind of normalizing that because I think a lot of times, especially newer
1: entrepreneurs have this expectation that if they, that they should be getting sales right away. And if they don't see that, you know, if they aren't seeing sales right away, they start to kind of get a little bit nervous about like, you know, Oh, maybe I'm doing this wrong. Or I thought I was going to be a millionaire in a week. What's happening here. And it's like, no, that actually takes (laughs) takes time. You know?
2: Yeah. And if it's not working, you're actually probably doing it right. Because Mm -hmm. it never works. The first time you put out a webinar or you do something the first time, like there's always going to be that, time where you have to optimize it. That's kind of what I was saying in the beginning of what I'm passionate about is that process, right? If you follow this process, you will find success, but you have to be willing when it feels harder. It feels like, Hey, this isn't working. I want to throw the towel in to keep going. And if you could do that, you'll find the success. Yeah. So let's talk about step number five. Four. We're on four. We did three lead gen. Yeah, let's talk about four. I kind of mentioned it. So I was confusing. Um, yeah. So step four is sales and retargeting. So this is where, okay, you've got your your leads coming in your funnel, hopefully coming to your webinar or whatever that engagement looks like for your strategy. And now we have to do two things. We have to follow up with them in email and retarget them with ads to get those sales and that's where you know our goal is to convert the most amount we can of those leads which comes from the initial time that you pitch the offer, let you know, let's just use a webinar because a lot of your students are probably doing that. But the initial time you pitch that offer, and then what's happening after that? Like, what is that experience? Are you going to reoffer it to them in 30 days? How are you going to nurture them? What's going to happen in six months from now? And like, how are we going to get that conversion? And I also see a lot of people make this mistake where they get the leads in and then they pitch them one time and then nothing happens after that, and they're like, "Well, that's my sales conversion." Like, I didn't, I got one sale and it's like but you have 500 leads that you can still convert. So there's a lot of opportunity. I love, you know, retargeting ads and and creating an experience where you can retarget people who watched your webinar but didn't buy or went to your sales page but didn't finish checking out. There's really like so much you can do with creating that experience which leads to the sales. And that's truly like the low-hanging fruit is because you've already probably done the work of Content and getting them to sign up for something, maybe even coming to your webinar. And now you just have to, you know, finish and, and sell them, which comes down to the positioning of your offer and how much nurturing you gave them. But there's you know, a lot in retargeting ads because you can spend a small amount and get a huge return because these guys are so warm and they're so close to buying.
3: And I think, Emily, that's just another example of what you talk about, about the long game and really having a, a full process and system that it's not like a once and done thing, right? Like you said, it's not like, oh, I made the pitch and they didn't buy. So I'm done with them. What, what do you need to continue to do? What are the systems that you need to have in place? Because you spent time and money to get that lead on your list and into your sphere, right? So exactly. I think for people yeah. who aren't doing this, if you take away anything from what Emily's talking about today, <laughs> take away this like that. Your that yeah. audience that you have is gold. Yeah, and seeing exactly the leads
2: and and the audience that you're building as like future potential. And so there's value in that, even if you haven't converted it to as many sales as you want. Like you're still getting somewhere if you're building that and you're building an engaged audience. So okay so then step 5 the fifth step in the process is scale and optimize. And so you're either doing one of these pretty much always. So you're either you know optimizing let's say you you have the brand awareness and visibility you launch your lead gen and you've got sales and you think it's set up right and now you go back and you're like I'm not getting sales or I'm paying $20 cost per registration like whatever the gap is. This is where the process kicks in if it's like it's not, you know, launch a Facebook ad, cross my fingers. Maybe the algorithm will work for me and I'll see you in a week. It's like get the data and now allow that to tell you where the problem is and tell you where the opportunity is for you to improve to get it to convert. And that's like my favorite part about it is because I think true marketing kicks in. When you have something that didn't work correctly and you go back and you fix it and you see an improvement in the results. Like true marketing is not like launch a campaign and it works. That's, that's literally nobody does that. And I've worked with eight figure business owners. Like they still go through this process. Like it's a little easier for them because they have a warm audience, <laughs> but they still go through this process. So you're either doing that, optimizing, or hopefully getting to the place where you can start to increase your ad spend because you're starting to see that momentum and you're scaling.
1: And I think that the big takeaway there is that you're using data to make these optimization adjustments. You're not just guessing or you're not, it's not just like, you know, randomly picking something. If you understand how to read numbers effectively, the numbers will guide you. They'll tell you, Hey, like this over here is what needs to be fixed. No, maybe it's this over here. It's not yeah. a lot of times people get in this space where they're like, oh, my ads aren't where they want to be. So now I have to go back and redo everything. I need to create a new course. Yeah. I need to create a new, <laughs> Yes, find a new audience. I need a new webinar. I need new ads. I need a new ads team. I knew everything. Yeah, like, whoa, you were just getting like, congratulations on getting to step five. This is really just the beginning. Like I know in your mind, you think it's the end because it's like that end of the framework, but it's really not. Like that's where it's like, we're just getting started. Like this is really just the beginning of of what we
2: can create together. Absolutely. 100%. And and I think that knowing that is a part of the process is so helpful for people because like you said, like the new thing is exactly what people people do is like, oh, I launched it. It didn't work. Okay. I need to go back and have Brand new funnel, brand new course, all new. And it's like, you're back at square one now and, and you won't be able to get, you know, there. You have to start back over. And so a lot of times too, like I think people overcomplicate data and numbers. And I would say, I mean, I would guess to say 90% of business owners don't know their numbers. Like it's a, it's a big problem. Like there's one thing you could do to grow your business. There's a lot of things you can do, but knowing your numbers is huge. And not letting it overwhelm you because it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Like a number should equal an action and it should equal something actually happening and shouldn't be like some random number that you're just trying to figure out what the meaning is of it. And so throughout your funnel, you've got like, okay, are they clicking on your ad? Okay. Are they opting in on your landing page? Are they signing up for your webinar? Are they watching your webinar? Like it's just actions throughout your customer journey. And so you don't have to overcomplicate data and be like oh, I didn't, you know, go to college for data. Like you don't, it's not complicated. It's just correlated to actions people are taking throughout your customer journey and that's how I like to look at it. And again, like so many business owners come to us and they're like, this isn't working, what do I do? And we're like, where are your numbers? And they're like, we don't know, <laughs> you know. So just doing that will help you so much with with knowing what to do next and data should drive all of your actions and decisions. And the other mistake that I see people a lot of times people
1: make is they know they should be tracking numbers. So they're tracking some numbers, but they're not the right ones. And they they they, have have yeah. I, can, I totally see why you're overwhelmed. Like you are tracking the wrong information that you yeah. not to get. Those are not the metrics to track. And they're not the actions that you need to take that are actually to move your forward. Right. Like, what's the biggest lever that you can pull that's what you need to be looking for
2: yes absolutely yeah so 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 tying meaning to your metrics is the key what's the story behind the metrics what is it what are they telling you which you'll only know if you understand like the meaning and the action behind each metric and there is i mean there's so many metrics you could look at in facebook there's relevancy score and cpm and click through rate but really you could get it down to like your cost per click like and and make a decision off of that Especially if you're you're new and you're looking at, you know, don't overwhelm yourself. There is a lot, but you don't have to know everyone to be able to see a problem because usually you've got a cost per click problem. Well, you also have a click-through rate and a CPM problem. Like they're all there, but you can look at that one to find it.
3: Yeah, I love that. We are firm believers in using data to make decisions. And I love what you guys were saying about it's about the right data and the things that are going to help you make decisions, right? Not just data for the sake of data. Speaking of data, Emily, so I know that people are trying to figure out, you know, the data that they're tracking and the impacts of what they have visibility to. Can you touch on a little bit for us? I know everyone's talking about the iOS changes and what can we track? What can we see? How has that impacted your clients and what maybe just help put people's minds at ease a little bit around that?
2: Yeah, so it's been super interesting to watch it unfold. And we definitely have seen an impact in the tracking. And I think there's still a lot of confusion over like, what tracking am I losing? So, first, to bring clarity on that, like anything happening in the actual app, you won't lose. The people who watch your videos, who engage with your Facebook, like those are still audiences that you can have and you will have, and they're accurate. The, the audiences you lose is when they leave Facebook, because basically they're opting out of being tracked by Facebook outside of Facebook's app. So that will impact your pixel potentially if people opt out. So what Facebook's been trying to do is kind of create a, a guessing model for you where they are trying to, you know, say, this is what we think the conversions are. And it's, it, they're still working it out. And so it's interesting, like in some accounts, we've seen barely any impact. And then some we have seen a lot of impact. And so, We've used like Google UTM codes and, and that as like a, a backup. We also, when it's possible for clients, we'll have like a dedicated ads funnel for them. So it's like, you've got your organic traffic and your emails and that all goes to this funnel. And then we just have an ads funnel so we can tag the leads so we can cross check those numbers and those sales. So it is impacting tracking, and you have to kind of have some stops in place outside of Facebook, whatever works for you in your system. And then I'd also say, you know, one of the things we didn't know how it was going to impact is like audiences, lookalike audiences, right? If we lose the data, then what happens with our audiences? And so we are seeing that doing a few things. One, like the the bigger lookalike audiences, like five percent, started working with this change over like one and two percent, which used to be what what we recommend. And I think that's because the way Facebook's trying to kind of combat this is they're going to have smaller audiences, but try to have them be more quality than they used to be before to try and kind of combat the changes. That's my theory. But we are seeing like recreating your audiences is doing better than kind of using the old ones prior to iOS using those bigger audiences because they're actually smaller you know, than they used to be. And so that's still working. And honestly, Facebook has so much data. I do think they're going to be fine. I think it's like they're figuring it out and, and everything right now still. So I think number one, having some, some stop in place to have another form of tracking, whether that is UTM codes with your Google Analytics or using a separate funnel, or there are other softwares out there. We're building, we're maybe building one (laughs) for next year. And having that in place is important and will continue to be. And then if you're struggling, like people have said, oh, you know, my audience has stopped working. Try and create new ones because it's really interesting. My team's been reporting like brand new ad accounts are actually doing crazy well because it's like brand new audiences. And so that's promising if you haven't run ads. But if you've got like old lookalike audiences, try and create those new ones with the different parameters and see
3: if that helps. I love that. That is super helpful. Yeah. And if I could just summarize, because I want everyone to really hear what Emily just said, Facebook ads still work. Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. People are still making lots of money with them.
1: So before we head out, Emily, I just wanted to make sure that we give our listeners a chance to know where they can learn more about you. I know you have a course. I know you have your uh, agency where people can actually hire you to help you run their Facebook ads? Where can they learn more about you?
2: Yeah, so hirschmarketing.com is my website and we'll have all the information. I have a podcast that I put out twice a week. Um, We definitely do a lot to put out like up-to-date information and our monthly report and different alerts and things you can sign up for. And then yes, we do have a done with you program and then our full done for you services that if either one are a fit for you, you can apply and, and speak with our team. I love that. Well, I hope everyone listening does head over and check out everything that Emily
1: has to offer. Thank you so much, Emily. I know you're so busy and, you know, family, the business, everything. And I just really appreciate you giving your time to us today.
2: Thanks for having me. It was so fun. Thanks, Emily.
0: Are you ready to scale your online course business so you can impact the lives of more people and create real change in the world? Join us inside our signature program, Scale with Success, where you'll get the content, coaching, and community you need to successfully implement our proven process to help you scale so you can start reaping the rewards of running a highly profitable online course business. Scale with Success is a multi-year group coaching experience built for online course creators who are ready to scale their business to and through $1 million with certainty as a result of having the right support at the right time. What are you waiting for? Click over to scalewithsuccess.com and apply now.